For if you keep silent at this time, relief and deliverance will rise for the Jews from another place, but you and your father's house will perish. And who knows whether you have not come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Esther 4.14. Caleb, that was great. Thank you. Thank you, girls, for singing. Thank you so much. Um, I, I love hearing, even during Lorene's prayer, I love hearing the squeals and coos and noises of our children in worship um, because it, it's, it's kind of a covenant, an ancient covenant people of God that our kids are not just the future church, but they are a part of the church now. And so I yeah. love seeing that. This is one of the reasons why we're doing that here uh, this afternoon is um, we've got... Uh, we do this in the fifth Sunday of every, um, or every time there's a fifth Sunday, we have a children's worship service um, because we want to recognize that in a consistent way, we want our kids to realize and we need to realize that, no, they're a part of this. So we have a Jesus-centered worship service that is specifically applied towards them. The second reason why we do this is um, if you grew up in the church you may have grown up in church like I did, where um, a lot of the stories that we heard were moral fiber. And what, we, what I mean by that is you heard a story and the end of it was, well, be kind, be more patient, be brave, be courageous, don't steal, don't cheat. And that was what you were supposed to get from Bible stories. But we know, we know this is that you could listen to all that and miss Jesus. You don't need Jesus yeah. for moral fiber. And so a lot of us came to God's word again and said, we need Jesus if we're going to have it in his word. And so that's why we do these stories is we want to recenter the whole point of God's word around Jesus um, and what he is doing. The third is this, is we're going to give you a little preview of what Chris does when our children worship when they, when they go away. Um, and so... Uh, we want to mirror in a very small way in worship um, what Chris does because it isn't just for our kids. Because a lot of us didn't grow up with this, it's for the adults too to say, oh, this is how we get Jesus from all of these stories. So I'm going to turn it over to Chris. Yep. Chris, give us your session starter. Yes. Okay. So if it's your first time being a part of our kids service, you came on a wonderful Sunday. Um, so you might remember this from last time. We do something in class called a session starter. Can we say session starter? Session so a session, thank you, Will. A session starter is literally a game that we play. It could be like a game or an activity, a craft of some kind, that has to do with the story that we're going to learn. It really helps, like, get the kids excited, get them into the story. So I'm going to call up Everett and Emmy Pie. I'm going to have Emmy stand here. Everett, you're going to stand in front of that music stand. Perfect. Okay, so for our session starter, we're going to be playing animal charades, okay? If you've never played charades before, um, Emmy and Everett, you guys are going to have to look forward, okay? Because the image is going to come in the back, so I don't want you to see it. So, Emmy, look forward. There's going to be a picture <laughs> of an uh, animal, okay? So, this section belongs to Emmy. So, everybody here is on Emmy's team. This section belongs to Everett. So, everybody here is on Everett's team, all right? Yes, okay, yes. Love it. Competition. Excited. So, um, we're going to start. Actually, you guys can maybe do like a rock, paper, scissors shoot and see who's going to start first. So, let's come here to the front. 
Come here to the front. Let's do a rock, paper, scissor, and whoever wins is going to start first. All right? Ready? Rock, paper, scissor, shoot. Okay. So we got Everett's side. All right, Emmy. An image of an animal is going to come up there, and everybody here has to help Everett figure out what that animal is. Okay? So on the count of three, um, image is going to go up on there, and you guys are going to help him. Okay? Ready? One. You can't, oh, sorry, wow. Rule, don't talk, okay? You gotta like, you gotta act out, you gotta act it out, no talking, cause then it's gonna be too easy. All right, count of three, one, two, three, go. Yeah, all right, all right, Everett got that one. Okay, coming over to Emmy's side. All right, he got that in like less than three seconds, so I have high hopes for this side. All right, are you guys ready? No talking. Only an example, act it out so Emmy can figure it out. Ready? One, two, three, go. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's a cat. Well, I wish you guys could see what I could see up here. It is great, it's great. All right, we got two more rounds, one more round, I should say, one more round. All right, coming to Everett's side. All right, in the count of three, no talking, only act it out. Ready? One, two, three, go. Monkey. Monkey. All right. Very good. Very good. Okay. Last time, last time. I'm excited for this last one. It should be interesting. Okay. On the count of three. Are you guys ready? You got it, Emmy? One, two, three, go. Bunny. Bunny. Okay. Very good. You guys can take a seat. All right, that was, can we give it up for Emmy and Everett? That was great. That, that was, was so great. fun. I love that. That was so good. All right. All right. Chris, uh, from the last time we are back together, um, yes. I think it's like Simon and Garfunkel, maybe like SpongeBob and Patrick. Or maybe Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> That's not funny. Get That's it? not funny at all. Get it? Yeah. <laughs> that um, wasn't funny. that a fun session starter? I, I do think so. I, I do like the part where they had to figure something out yep. based on clues. Not It wasn't the full thing. It was just based on clues. Right? Yep. And we're going to need those skills when we discover some clues in our story today because it's a bit of a mystery. And what story is that? So we're actually going to be jumping into the story of Esther, Tim. And what do you mean? Because that does not seem like a mystery to me. So the book of Esther actually never mentions God, not once. Chris, it, it is in the Bible, all right? Yeah. It's gotta, so it's got to have God somewhere, and maybe, maybe you did not read Esther closely. Uh, no. I am telling you, it's not there. And prayer isn't mentioned either. That is pretty strange. Yeah. No God, no prayer. That is weird. Why is this? Why is this even in the Bible? That's the mystery. Where is God? And where are the clues about Jesus? I like that. You know I like that part. Um, how would that help us here, though? We're going to learn about Esther, but how would that help us here in 2023? Um, I think it's going to help us because many people might think that God does not see their situation. It might seem that God isn't in your story or their story, but he is. So we have to find some clues, and we got to make sense of them. Okay, so how about this, Chris? When um, we come across a clue, maybe the kids can help us all out yep. and say, aha. Great idea. All right, let's try it. So every time we hear the word clue, I want you to guys go, aha. Ready? Clue. 
Aha, there you go. Perfect. All right, so we've got to do a story recap on uh, Esther. Who wants to hear the story of Esther just really quickly? Anybody? Yeah, I mean, a few adults, like any kids, want to hear the story of Esther? All right, I've got one. I've got two. Yeah. All right, three, four? Okay, that's enough. We'll do it. We'll do it. All right, Chris, let's do it. All right, let's do it. All right, so um, I think Tim's going to give me some characters first. All right, no, no, you give me the characters. Do I give you the characters? You give me the I characters. I got you. Okay, so, Tim, we have a huge king, okay? His name is Xerxes. He is, like, a big deal, like the big, big king. The historical account actually says from India to Ethiopia. So, basically, it's saying he is the king of all the countries in the known trading world. Okay, so this guy is very used to getting exactly what he wants when he wants it. Am I right? A big, big king? Big, Maybe big a clue? King. Maybe a clue. Aha. Okay. Yes. In fact, let me show you how big of a ruler he was. Okay. He throws this party like a big one. Like shindig in the shade. No. (laughs) No offense, Tim, but you would need to throw a six-month-long party, and then I'll be impressed. Okay? That's how long this party was. It was six months long. He basically invites all the important people from all around the world. So this is, like, this consisted of every day, eating, drinking, music, all sorts of adult-themed partying. (laughs) That sounds like it costs a lot of money. Definitely does. This is, like, something that would end up in, like, a party Olympics, okay? But something happened near the end of this party. Okay, new character, his queen Vashti. You're right. Yep. So the king is not a great husband, okay? He has been partying way too much, and he calls for his wife to come in and be paraded around the party so everyone can look at her. Yeah, that doesn't sound too nice. You're right, again. Vashti was not having it. She actually doesn't go. She's like, nope, not today, Xerxes. I don't think the king liked that one very much. Right again, for the third time. In fact, all of his advisors think that all the world's women will revolt if he lets it slide. So Vashti's out. Okay, but a king needs a queen. Yes. So they basically put on this Persia's Got Talent in the capital of Susa, all right, and audition for the king's two big harems, a place where the candidates go before they make it to the palace. Oh, so it's like the G League before people make it to the NBA? Um, yeah, Tim, but uh, there will be no more questions on that, okay? okay? All, right, all, right, all right, all right. so this is where I guess we're going to meet Esther, right? Yes, so Esther, we got two new characters. Can we say two new characters? All right, so we got Esther. She lives in the capital of Susa with her uncle Mordecai. They've been exiled in Susa, so they're probably second or third generation slaves from Israel. And the text says that she had actually lost her parents. So Mordecai has been taking care of Esther. Yes, he's been taking care of her, and she is lovely, Tim. Like, she is gorgeous. Kids, can you say, so, so pretty? And everyone notices. And the city of Susa noticed too. So they take her to the harem for six months of beauty training. I think you're messing with me now, Chris. I wish I was, okay? No, this is like (laughs) cosmetics, oils, perfumes, like fashion, other skills, okay? You name it, six months long. Let's just call it makeup college, okay? Yeah, we can call it makeup college because this is a kid's service, okay? Okay. So no details. All right, but during this time, a funny little event happened. Oh, maybe a clue? Uh Mm Uh-huh. Maybe. Okay, so her (laughs) uncle was hanging around near the palace grounds to check on Esther. 
One day, he overhears two guys. He's, they're literally plotting against King Xerxes. Okay, so he's got to tell Esther. Yes, so he tells Esther, and Esther lets all her friends know, and they, and they get word to the king, but she makes sure that Mordecai is the one named as the loyal guy who discovered that plot. Okay, so, so what happened then? Actually, not really much happened. So the two traitors were caught. The official scribes, they recorded in the book of records, this is important, along with Mordecai's name, and the matter was closed. Okay, so that clue is a dead end. Maybe not. Uh, what happens next then? Okay, so two big developments happen. Beauty College goes well for Esther, and she gets a shot at meeting the king. That goes well, and the king really falls for her, like, like for real, okay? And he selects Esther to be the queen <laughs> of the right. world's largest nation at that time. She's the queen to the big, big king. Okay, but you said two big developments, so what's the other one? Right, okay, so we have a new character, a real villain, all right? His name is Haman. Dun, dun, dun. Boo, okay. Boo. Haman, can we say boo, Haman? Boo, Haman. Yep. So Haman is a vicious guy who has backstabbed his way to the top, and he became sort of the right hand to the king. And does the king know how much of a jerk he is? Well, sort of, but Haman is the kind of guy who's just willing to do whatever it takes to get things done, and the king likes that. Okay, so give me another clue. Aha. Ah. Very good. So the king gives Haman power, dress, wealth, even his own ring right. to act on him, like on his behalf. And everybody in Susa is so scared of Haman that they bow to him and they fall over giving him stuff. And they treat him like a total rock star celebrity, like war hero. Okay, so what about that? Yeah, so there's one person who refuses to show Haman respect. He doesn't bow, okay? He just doesn't care. And who is that? Mordecai. Can we say Mordecai? Mordecai. And Haman notices too, and he is so annoyed and mad. I know, but big deal. So Haman's just annoyed. No, no, no. This actually is a really big deal. Haman is so mad at Mordecai that he promises not only to kill him, but to kill every Jew like him. And that sounds very, very racist. Yes. Welcome to the ancient and the modern world, Tim. Um, but he's looking for a smooth way to do it. So his bodyguards and him, they throw lots, right? So it's like a dice game of chance. It's called pure. Kids, can we say pure? Pure. All right. And when the right numbers show up, Haman says that he is going to kill Mordecai. Okay, so it sounds like a lottery, but with death involved. That sounds like a clue. Aha. Yeah, that's pretty much a good way to describe it. When the numbers hit right, then Mordecai is dead, and so are a bunch of other Jews. Okay, so, I mean, eventually, the numbers of this pure game are going to hit the way he wants them to hit, right? Of course. So it took a couple months, okay. but the game of chance landed on their numbers. Okay. And so then, Haman goes to the king, all right, all smooth and sneaky, and he says, hey, I've discovered some people under your rule, and they kind of just follow their own rules, not yours, and <laughs> I want to take care of it for you, and as a bonus, I'd love to donate 10,000 pieces of silver to your treasury. Yeah, don't tell me the king fell for this one. He did, okay? He basically gave Haman power to kill, destroy any and all Jews. All right, this feels like Germany in the 1940s. But it's actually worse because no other country can step in. And Haman sends out letters to the entire world, 127 of them. And he's like, feel free to kill any Jews. Okay, so does he finally go after Mordecai now that he sent those letters? 
So I'm getting there. All right, so Mordecai puts on the grubbiest clothes that he can find and walks onto palace grounds. That is a huge no-no. It's like wearing a swimsuit to a wedding. <laughs> what is he doing? Yeah, um, he's protesting. He's basically saying he doesn't care if he dies. He's that sad. Okay, but, but what is Esther doing? Because Esther is a Jew too. Yes, but she actually really hadn't told anybody that she was Jewish. She kind of freaks out that Mordecai is being so reckless, and so she goes and talks to him. And he says, look, Esther, who knows why you are here? Maybe you have been made queen for such a time as this. Yeah, that's definitely a clue. Uh-huh. But here's the thing. She's queen. Yeah, we get that. But no one is allowed to go to the king unless the king calls you first even the queen. In fact, if you go to the king and he doesn't want to see you, you did. That seems a little harsh. So it was a huge risk, but Esther decides that she will go and she will try to talk to him. And she says, if I die, I die. Does she really go? For sure. She walks into the palace and the king cannot believe someone is this bold and stupid, but he likes Esther. So he extends his scepter which means he allows this rare thing to happen. Okay, so great. And she tells him all about Haman, right? Not exactly. The king says to Esther, ask me for anything, even half of my kingdom, which is a way of saying, like, tell me whatever is on your mind, I can handle it. And she says, come to a very nice feast with me and invite Haman too. So they plan for it. All right, I like this. The plot is getting juicy. Juicy? Yeah. This is not entertainment, Tim. These are real people, okay? okay. Real people's lives. Okay. But I think you'll like this next part. It might be a clue for you. Very good. Hey, I like clues. I'm all ears. All right. So the king goes to bed that... Perfect. Perfect. I loved it. Um, so the king goes to bed that night, and he can't sleep, like no winks. So he calls his scribes to read for him. Oh, like a bedtime story. Not really. Um, he actually asked to read the Book of Records. So it's a history book about his reign. Oh, so like melatonin. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> so the scribe reads out loud that part where Mordecai discovered the plot to overthrow the oh, king. Right, right. Remember that part? Yeah. Book of Records, Mordecai discovers the plot. And so the king stops them from reading, and he says... Whatever happened to that guy? Did he ever get any reward? And the scribe actually says no. And then the king falls asleep. Then he falls asleep. But Haman, y'all remember Haman? Dun, dun, dun. Boo. Boo, Haman. Yeah, okay, so Haman's been pretty busy too. He's so happy about this exclusive invite with the king and queen Esther, and he's so happy that he has all these powers to kill off Mordecai and the Jews. In fact, he asked his workmen to set up a death machine right in front of his house. It is 75 feet tall. Okay, that's like 11 and a half Tims like stacked on each other. Okay, that's literally going to hang Mordecai (laughs) along with like some other Jews that are living in Susa. That's, that's... That's too many Tims. This is getting very crazy. Yeah, Yeah. you said it, all right? right, right. But the king wakes up at the very same time that Haman is coming in to see, to talk to him about killing Mordecai. But the king asks him, how would you reward someone who was super loyal and has proved it? Yes, yes, he says. So the the Haman thinks the king is talking about himself, but the king is actually thinking about Mordecai. You've got it. All right. You've got it. So Haman lists all these crazy gifts. Have a public ceremony, dress him in the king's clothes, give him a horse, give him a crown, and parade him around Susa. Okay, so what does the king think about all these suggestions? So the king was like, 
great ideas, Haman. Now go do something for me. Go do all of that to this guy named Mordecai. You know, this is better than Barbenheimer. I bet <laughs> Haman is fuming. Stay focused, Tim. All right. Okay, but all yes. Right. All right. The big feast is also ahead, and Haman is invited. Esther and the king, um, and the king asked again, what's this feast about? What do you want? I would give you half of my kingdom if you asked. Okay, oh no, what happens at this point? So, Esther reveals that she is Jewish, and she points at Haman and says, this man would kill us all! Yes! Yeah. I'm glad that happened. I'm Our, so I'm glad. I'm so glad that yes. happened too. Finally, so, finally it's out. Finally, I know, we finally got right, there. And right. so the king basically takes all of Haman's powers and he gives them to Mordecai. He becomes the new right-hand man. And you know that death machine that Haman like yeah. was talking about? Yeah, yeah. that 75-foot contraption. Correct. Yes. Haman yes. is the first to use it. Uh, oh, you mean... Yes, um, the king has him killed by his own machine. Whoa, okay, okay. I've got some clues here. Yeah. Definitely... Yes, we've got all the clues, but I haven't figured out where God is. All right, Tim. So we got some clues, but the end of the... Thank you. (laughs) Emmy's paying attention to all those clues, all right? Uh Aha. There you go. You guys are great. Um, But at the end of the story matters, okay? So Mordecai sends out new letters to the world protecting the Jews, and he says, We have to remember this day. We were all about to be killed by some death lottery, which, remember, was called pure. Can we say pure? Right, right, right. That's uh, Haman's game of chance. Haman's game of chance? Yes, yes. Yep. So we need to make a big deal about this, right? In this new letter, it said, we need to have a big, big party of food and feasting, kind of like our table right here, okay? Every 14th and 15th of Adar, which is roughly around, like, March, our time, let's eat, sing, dance, drink for two days straight, and we're going to call it Purim, the Feast of Pure. Oh, but... I still don't see where God is. All right, so you know how we like to like flip the text and see if uh, Jesus is always bigger and better than what we're looking at? Right, yeah. So we see this feast, right? A feast of pure. Now let's flip the feast. Okay, start flipping the feast. All right. Let's do it. I got you, Tim. All I got right, you. Right, I got right, you guys. All right, so what mankind looks at as chance, luck, lottery, random events, God doesn't because nothing is chance. Oh, yeah. Nothing is random. He's sovereign over kings, over death lotteries, over evil people, world events, even our own private problems. Tim, don't you see Mordecai makes a holiday to remember the true big, big king, the one who orders all things for his glory and our good? Yeah, that that is pretty great, Chris. Um, But what about... So I know we're always trying to find Jesus, Chris. Yeah. And so, and you always know how I like to get to Jesus wherever we are in the Bible. Yeah. Um, would you start flipping that feast for Jesus, Chris? <laughs> flipping the feast for Jesus. Right, right, Can we say right. flipping the feast for flipping Jesus? Flipping the feast for Jesus. <laughs> all right, Tim, I got you. Okay, so there's another feast that we have. It's the Feast of Communion, the new Passover, where we feast and we remember while someone else gets the death lottery. Jesus will absorb the death, but as a perfect person, not a slimy dirt bag like Haman. Boo. And we remember, and we feast, but we only get life. That's so good, Chris. Um, but I thought there for sure would have been a, a, another clue in that verse that Caleb read for us. Do you remember that? Yeah. Um, Mordecai thought Esther was brought to um, the Susan or the Persian city of Susa. Yeah. 
And there was that line that Caleb read. It said, for such a time as this. All right, so I want you guys to listen to another verse that sounds very, very similar to that. It's in Romans 5, and it says, For while we were still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Whoa, whoa. So Jesus is the better Esther, and he's even more timely than she is. Yep. He is the true, bigger, big, big king. He's the better Esther, and he's the perfect Haman. We will feast at his expense, his death. Esther is pointing us to Jesus. Through every event that seemed evil or random, nothing will mess up his plans to bring us to that final feast. And think of how costly it was. It was his own life. Yeah, Chris, I think you helped me figure out all the clues. Ah. Would you pray for us? Yes, of course. Um, Jesus, we thank you um, for your timing We thank you, Lord, that there were so many times um, we've read throughout the scripture where they tried to eliminate the Jews. We read it in our last Sunday, last kids' service in Daniel, where they tried to eliminate the Jews. Mm. We're seeing again this theme of trying to eliminate your people. Um, So we thank you, Jesus, that you always provide a way for us to get out. You always provide a a way for us to see the other side of our problems, our issues, issues, our situations. Um, And so we thank you for providing a way. We thank you, God. God, for providing Jesus, your one and only son, to die on a cross for you and me, and that we get to feast on his death, on his life, and remember that, um, and feast about that, because we gain so much um, from him obeying you and doing that for us, because he loved us that much. So we thank you for Jesus, and we pray all of these in your name. Amen.